Rising up back on the street. Did my time, took my chances. Oh, get out of here. Yeah, okay. Welcome to Dragon's Cast, the podcast brought to you by Dak Beckelums, where we debate which one of us is smart, a genius, or a stable genius. But first, we discuss Drexel basketball. With me today, I have Marshall Fleming. Hey there. <laughs> Nick Contrieri. What up, dog? Bill Martin. What's up, guys? And I am your host, Leon Mercado, and we are here today for the second time this year, recording in the Blue and Gold Room, a post-game, this time after William and Mary, which uh, was definitely a disappointing game. But considering the few things that I was hoping for this game, which was a carryover, some of the momentum from the last game, the last win we had against College of Charleston, and the refs calling the game pretty pretty loosely, right? They weren't calling too many fouls. I did not think this would be the end result of it. Uh, what did you guys think went wrong in this game for us to, to lose by over 20 points? Well, we we had a series at the 10-minute mark of the first half that um, Shaver got got on the officials on goaltend that may have been a goaltend, but they didn't call. And there was a timeout called, and all of a sudden their team just got fired up, and we started turning the ball over. We had two bad turnovers coming out of that timeout. They got a couple layups, and you know they they got very excited on their sideline, and they started working the ball around and. Uh, their little point guard hit a bunch of threes, and you know we we just totally lost all of our momentum. But up until that point, I thought we were playing. Alahan Demir was playing really well. Uh, Kirk Lee was playing pretty decently at, up until that point, um, and we just lost it at that at, at that moment. And they're a pretty good team. I think they have a lot of good guards that could shoot. You can't leave any of them open. Uh, and their big guy has a lot of moves, and he's quick. He's quick for a big guy. So you know it was a tough loss. Uh, we're a little down here in the blue and gold room, I can tell. But Those guys make you pay for mistakes. I mean, as soon as you turn the ball over, like you get an offensive rebound, you get a lapse in defense, they kill you with threes or layups or uh, I don't know how many points they had off of uh, turnovers and offensive rebounds, but it was a lot. And in the first half, it was like 14 points or something. I remember looking at the what they passed out, the little sheet, and it seemed to be 14 points, second chance points, which is telling. But, again, it goes back to, I guess, the turnover stretch that we had over there, uh, where on the top of the key, they just seemed to be able to jump our passing routes and uh, get back-to-back points. And it didn't seem like we really recovered from it. And I don't know why there wasn't a timeout called sooner. And uh, when we went down, uh, when Kirk had a couple of back-to-back turnovers, it seemed like we were, Nick, you mentioned that we might have been waiting for the under-eight-minute media timeout. But it seemed like we could have really used – like a, a timeout and look, everybody settle down again, maybe even uh, bring the ball up with Trill or something so that we switch it up from uh, Kirk having to pass the ball on top of the key and getting pickpocketed back-to-back. Uh, but that seemed to just start off something that which we didn't recover from in the entire game, which is crazy to me. But is a, from an offensive standpoint, the beginning of the game, we, we, were, finding, we were finding the basket pretty easily. Lots what do you looks? Yeah, what, what changed from that? Why couldn't we score? It's one thing to give up points off turnovers, but what what do you think changed from that initial beginning of the game where we were able to find baskets and that we weren't, uh, say, for the last say thirty minutes of the game? I don't, I don't know. They switch up defense a lot. I don't know if that had something to do with it. Uh, we weren't getting a ton of good looks, but there was also like a, just a lid on that basket on that basket for a lot of the time, and we just couldn't get anything to fall. But I think it had a lot to do with their how they played defense. 
and us not being able to adjust to it. They switched a lot in the second half between a 2-3 zone and man-to-man. And I I noticed when Isabel was not in the game, they um, they switched to man-to-man. When he was in the game, they did 2-3 zone. I don't know. I, that's what I just noticed. I, I'd have to look at the tape to really confirm that. But I think that they were afraid of Isabel's penetrating ability. Um, but, you know, when since so they switched to 2-3 zone. And we don't have any three-point shooters, really. Like, I mean, you could say Kirk Lee can hit them a little bit, but we don't have, especially compared to them. So we couldn't shoot them out of the zone. Uh, and, our, and Austin had a terrible second half. Uh, he couldn't get anything done. He was getting the ball in good position, but he wasn't able to do anything with it. And that hurt us a lot, too. Austin had a rough game. Austin definitely had a rough game. But uh, before, I guess, we jump to Austin, the three-point shooting thing that you mentioned, we didn't take that many threes this game and it seemed like uh in the last game that seemed to work out in our favor where we were hitting a lot of uh inside shots we were making a lot of two-point shots in general and i don't know if he car- tried to carry a lot of that over where our attempts from the three-point line weren't as many kirk only took two shots from the three-point line uh one of which he made and one of which he missed but other than i guess sammy nobody else really shot too many times from from three point, Overton launched up a good. Couple. Well, you're right. Overton did take a lot, and uh, I, there's no reason the for Overton to take six three point shots and go one. For, uh, I and think he really, airballed two or three of them too. Like he's, he's still rusty. He's still rusty. Not that he was hitting a lot of shots last year, but I mean, he's, he's, he's not rusty. He's just not good. <laughs> he's been rusty for two years. Uh, I don't know. I, he was in the beginning. Of the, if you look at his stats too, like early on in the season, he was shooting like. I don't know, five percent or something, something ridiculous. Well, that's what he shot today. You know, no, no, but like <laughs> later in the season, like Bill, his numbers started Bill, coming up Bill, to a point Bill, where it was Bill, at least Bill, reasonable. Bill, you are the John Gruden of this basketball I'm team. John they Gruden. could kick your dog, and you would defend them. Look at Miles Overton's stats from last year. Look at his shooting. Look at his shooting numbers, Marshall. Take a look at them. They improved towards the end, of the latter half of the year. Here's the thing: if I'm Miles Overton, why wouldn't you just do what Alejandro Demir did? You're just getting, coming off. You're trying to work your way in the rotation. Be more of a glue guy out of the gate. Don't just jump right in and just start firing up shots. Like, why think, would you do that? I don't think Miles sees himself as a glue guy. <laughs> well, that's yeah, a, problem. Yeah, I, yeah, I have a, a problem. I have an issue with that. Like, there's, I, there's, a, there's a problem when Miles um, takes more shots uh, than Alahan. I feel like Alahan in the first half or in the first 10 minutes when we were playing well, it seemed like we were feeding the ball out to Alahan. He was, it was dishing Alahan. it out. There was a lot of scoring happening uh, by this sophomore who seems to be an extremely well-rounded player that we're very fortunate to have, and I hope we get to see him all the way to senior year uh, at Drexel. Seems to have a lot of talent. Uh, I don't think they were necessarily shutting him down. I just didn't see us getting him the ball as much after, uh, say, the first 10 minutes. And he well, did have a couple of boneheaded plays, which I'm, uh, I'm not going to – and I give him a pass for there was one where he in the opening of the second half where he set a pick on Austin Williams uh, and almost got him hurt. But I, I wish we worked the ball more to him, especially when we saw that Austin was struggling. Uh, I think I think he should be touching the ball every time down the court. Like instead of feeding Austin how we do, I think we should feed him first. I mean, we should still get the ball to Austin too. But he was really struggling tonight, and we should have looked to get the ball to Alihan more. He's he's more talented offensively already. I mean, the guy can do a lot. He can drive a little bit. He can shoot threes. He can. He can post up. He can do a little bit of everything. Got to get him the ball more. Take some pressure off Austin, too. And he passes better. That's one thing Austin. Like we've talked about this numerous times over different podcasts. But Austin is really struggling passing the ball. Yes. Uh, I mean, his passes are just – it's just rough when he's in there. He made a couple turnovers tonight, too, that weren't uh, – they probably could have been avoided. But um, I, th- I think that's something the entire team is facing. Kirk had some bad passing, which is really bad when your point guard is – 
passing the ball weakly uh, at the perimeter and it leads to easy transition points. There were a couple passes like that tonight, not just on Austin. No, no I, I agree with that. Uh, I was talking more like over the course of the season, Austin's just been bad. But Kirk, Kirk needs to take care of the ball better. I don't know what he's doing sometimes. Like once in a while, he just has a like a brain fart. Where he, just he, he gets lackadaisical. Like he got like it's almost like he's going into dreamland state or something for like a couple. And minutes he also at goes time. by the numbers almost, where he's like, there was that one pass that was that came right in front of us, where it's like you were supposed to be there, hence the ball was there. Where he's not really playing to how the team's playing us, but he's just going by the numbers, I guess, how the play's supposed to be run as opposed to adjusting for it. I don't know what happened on that play. I know. If he was someone in the wrong position or if he just threw it to nobody, I don't know what was happening. Luckily, and he was getting toasted. Kirk, he oh, was yeah. getting toasted by that skinny little pipsqueak guard that dropped 30 on us. Yeah, uh, yeah let's uh, let's talk about uh, their uh, offense. Other than the Knight, who we thought would be our biggest uh, problem today and who did score a point shy of 20 uh, points today. And he, he's really good. There's no denying that. I think we really started getting burned by that cone guy, though. Oh, yeah, he, cone. he put up, I don't mm-hmm. know how many points he scored in a row over there, but there was, it just, it seemed like he was unstoppable. He seemed like what Tremaine sometimes looks like for us when we play certain other teams. He, and there's no reason that he should have been that good. He was, he went coast to coast at one play, Marshall. I think you called out on the Slack channel and he had no business doing that. Yeah, no, that was, that was just terrible defense. He, that guy's not that good. I mean, he's, but, he's a decent player, but he's not 27. That was his career high. <laughs> I would give him a little bit of credit. He's got a really quick first step and you just, you have to be playing 20, you have to be playing 100% of the game all the time. And you can't, if you, if you get a little bit lazy, which is what happened. He takes advantage of it. I don't know. And he gets a step on you. Once he gets a step on you, he gets in the lane, you're finished. Because then someone else has to help out, and he's going to find the open guy. I don't, or he's going to take it himself. And no, that's what I, he did. I agree. He killed us on that. But I don't think it's laziness as much as terrible defensive technique. If you watch Kirk Lee trying to defend him, for some reason, especially when Kirk's about to get picked, he leans into the pick instead of like staying on the guy. And the guy just blows by him on the other side. And he was killing him all day on that. And then once that guy got in the lane, he was making us pay with assists and open layups and <laughs> open shots. All right, so how do you fix that? I don't know. Get Kirk to get play better defense. Is it get him better? It's just technique. It's all technique. Like, he should have – I mean, to me, that's coaching. A lot of this tonight was coaching to me on some of the defensive aspects of it. But, I mean, I don't know if it's Kirk just not picking it up or what. But he – he was getting roasted. I mean, I I'm, thought Harper did a lot better on him. He did. Harper played. Yeah, and the question really comes down to why didn't at that point, like once we saw Kirk getting burnt by Cohen back to back to back, why did he, why in any situation when a Harper or Trill were in with Kirk was the other player, Trill or Harper, not on Cohen? Why, why did we keep letting Kirk get burnt? My only guess would be size. So that's the only yeah, guy who was relatively in his own. I would say give me, I, I, at that point, I'd put a, somebody else on him and make another player take advantage of Kirk's size. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, something should have been done. <laughs> he's, he's, he's but coaching, you know, you, you brought it up. Coaching is like he's a good coach. The William & Mary coach Shaver oh, is, yeah. is a good coach. There's no denying that. He got his team fired up when, uh, you know, we on that offensive goaltending call that they had go against them. And... Uh, Knight was talking crap the entire time, talking crap to Tadas for crying out loud. Yeah. And he seemed to I mean, feed he, off he of it. He completely owned Tadas. He owned Tadas. I would tonight. expect him to he own Tadas. He had no business defending him. 
Yeah, so credit to Nightford talking shit when you own someone like that. He was talking he was talking shit to literally everyone. Anyone yeah, who but was it's like around he was talking shit to Demir. Every single person who was in his vicinity he talked yeah. shit to. It's just and also I think there's something to be said about a player talking shit to another player where he's at a different level. At least at this point in his career, and probably forever. But they, they, they're playing in the same conference. They're playing the same conference, but it's about, it's. I think it's good players typically don't continue to jaw against players that they know are considerably worse than them. Typically, and I think I remember he's a young guy. The shit talk was like early in the game too. Yeah, I mean, we were still winning. Yeah, of the shit, of and it feeds shit. off of it. Clearly, he plays better. Yeah, he, he did play better after. You know, some yeah. players are like that. You know, that's the way he. You know, these guys are a good team. I'm not too. The only thing I'm down on is that we were playing so well. And then we just 180 it to playing so shitty. You know, it wasn't like a consistent, uh, we're kind of all right, but not great. It was like we played really well. And then we played, re- to, and to, we were taking it to, these guys are the best team in the conference. I mean, it's, they're, in the standings wise, they're the best yeah, team. Yeah. And they're supposed Charles to be an offensive powerhouse and we didn't get blown out like the UNCW game, which we'll get to. Which was one of like those even, games even, were way worse in my mind than this game. Yes, the UNCW game and the Elon game were way worse, especially yes. than this game. We should be better offensively than this. We can't score sixty points. We have too many guys who can score points. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but I mean, defensively, eighty-five points. I mean, yeah, fine. it's we're not, not too. Bad. We're not the greatest defense. Yeah. The real question is why do we, as an offensive powerhouse, that we supposedly are based on just pure number of players that can actually take it to the hoop and shoot. Why do we only put up 63 points? And the answer is because of scoring drafts. I know the answer to that question, but why are we going on bruiser level or bruiser style offensive drafts on a team with the amount of offensive power that we have today? I, that's the explanation I, I, I can't get to. From, from my perspective, from today at least, we, I, I think in the past I've complained about a lot of stagnant offense where guys just aren't moving without the ball. Today, what I saw was almost bruiser level plays where we're just passing it around the perimeter and then jacking up a bad shot. We worked it inside a little bit when we got that huge lead. But then by the time we were going on those scoring droughts, I mean, six points in the last 10 minutes of the first half is unforgivable. I think we've seen Bruiser do exactly that. Yeah. Um, it was it was exactly what I just said, passing around the perimeter and taking a bad shot um, or leading to a turnover or, or whatever it was. So I, I think that's our answer. You guys hit the nail on the head, in my opinion where if you told me that we were going to give up 85 points to William Neary coming into the day, I would say, okay, that's probably going to be a close game. We'll probably lose it, but we'll probably be within a couple points of winning. I, this game to me was solely lost on offense, not, not on defense. It wasn't a great defensive effort. Don't get me wrong, especially the final 30 minutes, but. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree yeah, with everything said. I, I, I agree with, it looked like a bruiser offense in the second half. You know, I, it hasn't been a theme yet. I'm not ready to say it's a theme. No, we were talking specifically this about game, this game. Sure, it, it happened. You know, I, I think we need to try and put together some of the defense from this game, a lot of the defense from Charleston, and the offensive output that we were getting in some of the other games consistently. But this is all about being consistent and being adju- and making adjustments. They made a lot of adjustments. They uh, they adjusted mm-hmm. what we were doing. Uh, I think we came out of the gate with it. I like that little half-court trap that we put on them. I don't think they expected us to do that. I didn't expect us to do that. I haven't seen that all year. And I think it kind of threw them for a loop, but they adjusted. And then we didn't adjust to their adjustments. And I think that... that I mean, I, I expected us to get beat up in this game. But then after Charleston, 
I was thinking, okay. All bets are off. <laughs> I thought, you know, maybe, okay, we just turned around a little bit. We got we got Tremaine back. Maybe we'll, uh, you know, at least keep this one close. And this is exactly what I expected before the Charleston game. So, but Leon was saying Tremaine didn't look 100%. I can't imagine Tremaine, like, he looks like he doesn't have uh, his full step yet. And especially when it comes to offense. he I'm used to seeing him just burn people. Uh and maybe just because CAA plays that much better, it, it, it could be the case. But uh, after his – I think it was a groin injury. I don't think he's at a 100% yet. But I could be wrong. We didn't see a spin move today. He didn't yeah. see a spin move. A single spin move. That's like – That's our- it's unlike it, – I, I don't know if uh, the spin move has been taken out of the rotation for now or what it is. But we, but yeah. is there anything else you guys wanted to cover on this William & Mary game specifically before we jump yeah, to a, the one positive note we had in this four-game stretch, which was against the, a win against the one of the top three teams in mid-major? What did they say on the broadcast, Marshall? <laughs> uh, Rob Falcone got his typical four shout-outs in the game from the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but aside from that, um, there wasn't a whole lot of conversation going on. It was mostly just straight ahead calling the game. Um, one thing I do want to just call out, Bill told me to look at the stats for Miles. And his stats on the season right now is 33% <laughs> field goals, 33% from the three-point line, uh, less than a rebound, uh, less than an assist, and less than a steal per game, but 1.8 turnovers per game. So That's his so, last year's stats? No, that's this year. That's I was, you didn't listen to me at all. I was talking about last year. <laughs> oh, last year is worth uh, 284% field goal percentage. That's what I'm saying, uh, but he – okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the point but, was that he started off at like 5% and improved a little bit as the season went on. It wasn't like it was like uh, he was a superstar. The answer is so, more Overton, according to Bill. Right, Bill? No. <laughs> and Rodney Williams was first team. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I, I, hold on. I, I, do need to, I do need to walk back what I said. Miles Overton doesn't suck. Obviously, um, he's just not playing well, and I wish that he was playing differently given his effectiveness this season. Agreed, and we all hope we we all wish for that because it would really be nice when we get if we could have just one player that showed up when we go on these uh, ten fifteen minute scoring droughts, which we cannot afford. Honestly, if he could be Derek Thomas for us, I think we've mentioned this on the Slack channel. If he could be Derek Thomas yeah. level effectiveness provide a little bit of offense, but mostly be that guy that you put on their best offensive player, offensive guard, then that would be enough for me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's what I said. Start off, you just got back in the game, defer to everybody else, play some D, and then work your way back. Don't start firing off threes. Yeah, maybe maybe he can be a Derek Thomas. I just... I think he hit his first one, too. He did hit his first one. Yeah, he did. He did. It's time Uh, to start shooting. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I to move I'm on. on fire. I, I, we can I keep talking about. We can keep talking about over tonight. I mean, Let's talk about something positive. Hi, right, College of Charleston. Uh, so, uh, I guess uh, our uh, we played College of Charleston last, and they were supposed to be one of the best team coming into this season. Uh, they're also, I guess, considering from a mid-major champion, one of the top three teams. They were eleven and three coming in, or something. They were eleven and three coming in, and uh, last year we had some trouble against them, especially at home. I, I remember uh, Grant Riller uh, making us look foolish, uh, but this year it, it didn't seem like Grant Riller really got going at any point, and it seems like they need all three of their players, Brantley, Sheely, and Grant. Riller to get going to win games, but we also had a great defensive outing against this game. It was probably the best defense I've seen out of this uh, team this year. We were able to beat them 
in a, in a toughly contested overtime game, 87 to 82. Uh, and some of that trends uh, showed up in this uh, today's game too. But did you, what stood out for you guys uh, from this game, other than just the defense part, or maybe something specifically on defense stood out for you? The first thing that I looked at when I just opened up the box score for that game is to see how Miles played in that game because he played similar minutes that game. He took way fewer shots. He was 0 for three on field goals, but played 17 minutes. So he was pretty ineffective on the offensive end, but. To our point before, he was clearly deferring to the rest of the guys on the court who were more efficient scorers. And and that's how we were able to put up 87 points on College of Charleston. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, Kirk Lee played a really good game in that one. He's actually, until this game, I thought that he'd been playing pretty well in the CAA games besides not taking care of the ball about as much as he should. He's turned the ball over a little bit too much, but um, offensively, his game seemed to be coming around. Um but yeah, I mean, I mean, Tremaine played well. I think we we got a good team effort there. I think Alihan had a good game too. Alihan did have Alihan had a career high kind of game, uh, or a career high in that game. But the what I was surprised by early on, at least, was how Drexel kind of set the pace. We never really let College of Charleston get settled right off the bat. We had a couple of turnovers. Yeah. We scored. We went up right off the bat on them. They didn't really know what to do, and that's why against the William and Mary when it we felt started like off, this game. I was like, oh yeah. my god, this is happening again. But Shaver turned, the, you know, I guess one, kudos to uh, the William & Mary team to turn it around. Made an adjustment. College of Charleston, on the other hand, well, it didn't seem like they ever could make that adjustment and allowed us to pretty much maintain the lead for most of the game, giving it up, of course, at the end. But uh, I think setting the pace had a big thing to do with Drexel. And, and maybe that surprised College of Charleston. I'm sure they were coming into a team that just got blown out by UNCW. And maybe they also kind of, uh, you know, took us for uh, granted, took a, us little for bit. granted yeah. a little bit and we made them pay for it. Yeah, I, I think it can't be understated the importance of momentum and, and getting it and maintaining it, uh, setting the pace. You know, we can't see that really in the box score, but we led this wire to wire, I think, except for one point in the very, very end. And Kirk, one thing Kirk, what do you guys say about Kirk Lee is he really steps up in the clutch or he has been stepping up. Um, I, I think his entire career, really. If I think about Townsend's game last year, but he's hit a lot of know, big shots. He's hit a bunch of big shots. He hit not only a big three in overtime against Charles, but he also hit a really tough runner um, in the lane when they went up one point for their first lead of the game. I think with like a minute left. I actually thought we were going to lose at that point. Mm-hmm. That was, that's he also the, hit some. That's the whole throws. Drexel pessimist in me. No, um, but no. I uh, I gotta give Kirk Lee a lot of credit for stepping up in the clutch because this game could have went either way. We could be zero and four in the conference mm-hmm. very easily. Um, but you know we did play wire to wire. We kept the momentum going, um, and we got a lot of contributions from a lot of different people. I mean, Alahan had was very efficient. He was eight of ten of twenty points. Austin had ten. Isabel had fourteen. Um, you know, Mojica was a little quiet, but. Uh, you know, from a turnover standpoint, we weren't too terrible. Um, but, you know, Brantley really – I didn't realize Brantley could shoot threes. I thought he was just a down-low down, down low guy. But. Yeah, I, I thought we'd have, uh, at least from an offensive standpoint for Austin, I thought Austin, again, you know, would have a little more trouble against maybe Brantley uh, than he did against the night. Knight seemed to play him a lot harder today. But um, against Brantley, I, he did – Brantley did pick up two early fouls. I think that did help us a little bit in that game. Uh, they also shot pretty poorly from the three point, uh, which again helped us. But Kirk, 
I mean, Kirk had a great game. Alahan had an amazing game. And Harper. And pretty much everybody had a good game. This is also the first game for Isabel back, uh, or first game in CAA play for Isabel. And uh, he showed up and put up a nice 14 points for us as well. Uh, so everybody contributed in this game except for Overton, like things should be. I guess, uh, for us to win games, but other than, and the only other person I'd mentioned probably that was kind of missing in action for this game, for better or worse, was Sammy. I uh, had a couple of rebounds here and there, but he really didn't do much. And he, that role player game seemed to, uh, role player position kind of seemed to fit him well in that game. I mean, everybody else was scoring, but, uh, I don't, again, this game, it seemed like we didn't have the same drought at any point from an offensive standpoint. We were able to score a little more consistently. Uh, and, and a lot of that, ha- a lot of that kudos has to go to Kirk because he he was doing a better job. In this is, is Kirk one of our more clutch players that we've had? I, I was thinking about that because you mentioned Nick, the shot that he made after we were down a point. Uh, it seems like comparing him to someone like Franz, who to me Franz was our ideal point guard uh, when we had him. He's six four, took care of the ball, could score, but he never really seemed to be the guy to be able to hit the big shot. Uh, when it was needed, whereas Kirk might not be our prototypical point guard either in size or he's a little streaky, uh, doesn't take care of the ball as well. But it seems like he's in his two years hit a couple big shots for us uh, late in games. Yeah, he has. I mean, I, I'm not going to put him ahead of Chris Fouch yet. But, uh, no, 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 no. Point guard. Um, point guard. Yeah. Oh, from a point guard standpoint. Um, he seems to want that. I'll give him that. Yeah. There's players that you see from time to time that, feed, again, like feed off of certain situations. And Kirk definitely seems to be a player that feeds off of, hey, uh, we need this point desperately or we need uh, somebody to sh- show up. And he and what comes to mind for me is last year's game against Townsend at home over here at the DAC where nobody could score for some reason except for Kirk Lee. And he pretty much single-handedly kept us in the game. It was one of those close games that we ended up losing. But he seems to feed off of uh, being, the pers- uh, being the man. Uh, and that works out, I would say, a lot of the time. Uh, and this game, it definitely panned out. Yeah, I mean, I like – I mean, just looking at the box score, you know, I – I like how we were very efficient with our, you know, we shot 56%, 57% from the field for the game. I mean, that, that's a telling stat to me. Uh, Yeah. Um, And a lot of that has to do with uh, our big man scoring, you know, and there was, Alahan had a couple of great dishes in this game to Austin for some dunks that in today's game didn't work out because of position, I guess, not good position, but. If your bigs can put up, uh, you know, if your bigs get some easy dunks, it really helps out the efficiency, right, overall. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did in this game. Yeah, I mean, good things happen to get out of the ball, I think. I mean, I, yeah. Why did we stop giving him the ball today? Like, that's what... I don't know. Just kind of... I'm trying to think of it out. something, but... Um, it wasn't you know, like, I think some of it was their scheme on defense, too. I think they made some adjustments. It didn't seem like they were denying, though, or anything. Like, I didn't see a time where I thought, like, oh, he's, he's just being double teamed. He can't even get the ball. Like, there was times last year with Rodney that I thought, okay, there's two guys on Rodney right now. You can't even give him the ball. But It, it looked to me more like what I was saying earlier, uh, in, if we're talking about today's game, that we just weren't looking for him. Like, we could have gotten it to him if we had plays designed to go to him, but we were mostly content passing it around the perimeter. Yeah, I think we. we I didn't mean. I didn't mean, to, I didn't mean to float back. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. you know, I mean, Charleston game. Joe Cheely. You know, yeah. I thought he. I actually thought he was more. He, he got a lot of foul shots. 
He he's on. We couldn't stop him. No, we had no. Idea. You don't have a you don't have a giant answer for Joe. He's really good. Yeah, he's like as quick as that Cohen guy, but taller, stronger. He's better. really fast. <laughs> Cohen, Cohen, whatever. Oh, well, no, I said he's better. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's really, better. we didn't have an answer for him. He pretty much scored uh, whenever he felt like it. Uh, he, again, the one thing I noticed this game and the last game, and kind of a little ultra CA play this year is uh, players there. Other teams seem to get a lot of penetration against us, mm-hmm. uh, and like, and they seem to get into the point, uh, into the paint pretty easily. And I don't know yet. Like, don't get me wrong. There's been plenty of time when they get in and out of nowhere, a stretch comes out with an amazing block. And there was a lot of that in this College of Charleston game, which uh, kept us in the game. I think. Yeah, that needed to be mentioned. Uh, stretch, stretch had his you know usual five turnovers, but he did come in clutch with some key blocks. Again, not on his man. Uh, on, on somebody that just penetrated and was in the paint. But uh, teams do seem to be getting inside a little too easily for a team like ours that has a lot of guards that seem to be relatively quick. We don't seem to be able to stay in front of them. Screens seem to be working awfully well against us. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. in this College of Charleston game was no exception. And that's why Joe Chile, every time he wanted to take the ball and was inside scoring too. Uh, if Grant Riller got going, Grant Riller only had four points this game, which baffles me. He just looked out of it the whole game to me. I was I wasn't here watching. Uh, I was watching from home, but I don't know what was going on because if he played his usual, if he put his average, we would have lost the game. He killed us last year. I mean, he just yeah, was too fast for him. That's why I was baffled. I, I didn't by think. It. I mean, I'm trying to think. I, I was in and out of the Charleston game. I remember our defense being pretty decent, yeah, other, other than stopping Joe Chile. Other than Joe, and I know Brantley. Surprised me with his range. Like he had some deep threes with a hand in his face. I mean, you got to just tip your hat to that. I thought it was. It'd be, it'd be, I thought we were okay this game defensively. I think that there was an effort. We'll get to the next two travesties, but I think there was quite an effort to put on the defensive end um, this game. Uh, coming out of those other two games that we got blasted, uh, but it is kind of an overlurking theme this whole year where we go in and out of defensive lapses. Uh, so I, you know, I agree with the overall point. But I thought this particular game, I thought we played decently on defense. The other thing I did want to mention for the College of Charleston game was also it was a game where I thought uh, you know Harper has been the first game back and the second game back. Harper was looking all right, but this game I thought Harper with his ability to penetrate whenever we needed to get a quick two was pretty key. He tried to do that a lot again this today, but didn't pan out as much. He seems to maybe get a lot of contact. Inside, and he seems to be one of those players that uh, just runs in there and tries to make the best of it. And he's able to finish a lot of the time. He's probably a better finisher than some of the guards we've had over the years. But uh, in this, uh, the College of Charleston game, he was able to finish uh, and get us some key points when there was maybe a hint of a drought here or there. Now, here's the th- I-, I love Harper. I, I think Harper uh, could p- be a really good defender. Now, Bill, you were telling me he used to shoot threes last year and he was a Campbell. Not like, last year, but when he was at Campbell, his percentage wasn't terrible. He was like in the 30s. I mean, it's not like he wasn't a great shooter, but I think he's at, I don't know what his percentage I mean, is. Think now. about I what think his like game would be or like something. If he could. Yeah, I was going to say, if he finds his jump, if he could find his jump shot, he'd be deadly because people have to respect the jumper. No one's respecting that jumper this year at all. He'd be unstoppable. He's still driving by. He, and he's such a good free throw shooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually, when you have a 90 plus free throw shooter, they can shoot threes. Usually. Should be at least a little bit. And sometimes you have that opposite where the guy's like a great free three point. That Bruce Bowen guy on the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that happens from time to time, but like usually. That's bizarre. 
that's why I'm like wondering, like, can he get his three point shot going? We're we're in desperate need of a guy that can stick a three, in my mind. And we have a couple guys who can hit it. It's just we don't have uh, we don't like, have the we like don't the have ball. We don't have Kari. Uh, yeah. Who's like if he's open, he's going to knock it down. We've, yeah. got a, we've got a bunch of guys who could shoot it, but there's no one who's going to make it every time they're open. There's just like Kirk can shoot a little bit. He's probably I don't know if he's our best shooter this year so far. He's been shooting the ball pretty well lately from three. Um, but yeah, like the, like Tremaine can shoot it. Mohiga can shoot it. I I just feel like, but if you leave him open, I don't think it matters. Like if. Yeah, open, doesn't even, it we doesn't don't have that, uh, definitely the pure shooter maybe this year. But we do have a lot of players that can hit the three. They just don't seem to be hitting it as consistently. And there's no reason in a game like today is when we kept going down uh, as many points as we did that Kirk wasn't taking, say, uh, more shots from the three. You know, there's no reason he should only be taking two. But just, Well, it's a little harder for a point guard sometimes because you're – you, you you have the ball in your hand. Yeah, you got to yeah. you don't get to come off a screen as easily. I mean, you got to get the ball worked around and get it back to you. Yeah, yeah unless you're Steph Curry and just launch up a shot at any moment. Yeah, I don't think we have Steph on the team. Unfortunately, no. I will mention this as kind of unre- well related to this in the fact that our our recruit Coltrane Washington yesterday hit a ten of eleven three pointers in a game. Did he? Uh, oh wow. For almost outscored the other opposing team that he played against. There so you go. There's you've got, uh, you just have to wait a year. I like that name, Coltrane. Coltrane's yeah. pretty badass. It's like a jazz, jazz, like yeah. a jazz album. <laughs> and or, we need or the artist. Team, so. <laughs> so hopefully next year. Oh, Miles Davis, today. John Coltrane. <laughs> so before we get to the the atrocities in North just, Carolina. Let's just lump this all into the North Carolina atrocities. Do we have to talk about them individually? <laughs> I mean, I, I forgot the Wilmington game was even on when I turned it on and saw the score. I was very happy, but I missed the game. But before we get to that, is there anything else we, positive that we want to say about the College of Charleston game? Okay. Just, no, it's really true. Kirkley Clutch. <laughs> I, no, I already said Kirkley in the Clutch. Let's just, let's just jump let's right Let's get into it out of the way. Band-Aid, right off. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. When I turn it on... When I turned on the, and just looked at the box score and saw, like, we scored 87 points, shot the ball pretty efficiently, and lost by 20. That's yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell happened here? Like, Yeah. Uh, Marshall was trying to say something positive. So. No, I was just going to say the fact that we lost the lead late and still managed to win, uh, I, I chalked that up as a positive. That was very. That was positive. It, it it definitely. I didn't come to the game. Uh, I wasn't here at the deck, and I, maybe I shouldn't have come for this game either. Maybe <laughs> maybe lack, but not having us here is helpful. Who knows? Could be. But uh, with that, let's go to the two games, which I'm just going to lump together and we talk about it. Unless you guys want to really separate out these losses all that badly. Nope. Nope. That's uh, <laughs> uh, one of these games we were supposed to win. Uh, at least I thought going into it, uh, it would be uh, 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 the most likely win out of this four-game stretch that we had. Wilmington is not good. <laughs> so the the <laughs> box score uh, post-Wilmington uh, says otherwise. Where Kaycock pretty much had his usual kaycock kind of game. Where he put up 23, uh, 23 points, but more importantly had, uh, what, 16 rebounds. That guy's a monster. Uh, he's, uh, not, we had trouble uh, stopping uh, their, uh, Jordan Talley. Again, a player that I don't remember him too much from last year. I remember him last year. Yeah. He was their backup point guard. I remember he was talking a little bit back to us. Yeah, he didn't look like too much of a backup this game. Under no circumstances should we lose to UNC Wilmington by 20 points. I I don't. They just got swept by Delaware. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, this is like. This is not a team we should have any business getting beat by by 20 points. Well, I mean, 
Wilmington, they were just so I don't know who was saying the point on screens earlier about we get screened and we just totally fall apart. But we totally fell apart on any screen in this entire game. With the the screen the, the script of the game was basically this. Wilmington sets a screen, guy goes by, and he's wide open for a layup. That was <laughs> no, the Wilmington game. They show they shot uh, fifty eight and a couple oh, of times 59. they did hit some they 100%. hit their open threes. A couple of times he passed out to somebody on a three point behind the three point line, he hit that. But that was basically in in just every possession down the floor. Oh, wide open layup. Oh, another wide open layup. Oh, wide open three. Wide open layup. And you know they shot fifty nine percent from the field, which is yeah, pretty high. That's 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 high. Because you're right. They were getting easy shots, easy layups, easy inside points. Again, uh, weight uh, and that, that seemed to be. They didn't have to rely on the three. Another thing I noticed in this game was right off the bat, we were unable to keep up with the. Uh, the speed at which UNCW, even without the talent that they have, they don't have the they talent. Played that they played at a did. fast speed. Yeah, yeah, they don't have the talent they had last year for sure. But the speed at which they were still playing, yeah, seemed to shock us. Right, and uh, they were running up, and and that speed to a certain extent, uh, you know, was the reason they had 107 too. points. When William yeah. Mary stepped on the gas, we 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 started losing. Yeah, I mean, we, Kaycock had a whole bunch of dunks. Oh, he, yeah. That's what he does, and yeah, it was funny because on the Slack channel, I think somebody mentioned that he was the closest to, at least in their experience, what they'd seen Malik Rose's style of player was, which was you know clean up around the basket a lot, putbacks, dunks, and also be able to, uh, you know, have some inside moves. And he's Haycock compared to last year, where he was only doing putbacks. Again, they don't they have they need him to do more this year. He seems to have developed his game a little bit. He has a couple more moves around the basket. And again, we, we struggle with, uh, stretch for all his blocks that, and he's leading the blocks in the CAA right now and good for him. His blocks aren't coming off the player he's defending. And, uh, he still, still seems to struggle with defensive assignments when it, uh, and, uh, Kaycock, you know, is going to give anybody trouble and gave him, uh, a battle for sure that he lost, I think. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I, they did, we made them look really good. Like I, I can't really tell how. Good, I mean, you can tell their record is terrible. Like Billy said, but I mean, I watched them in another game. I mean, uh, I don't remember who they were playing, but they're they're getting smoked. And the team wasn't even that good. Like the, it's coming to this game, I thought, okay, we should win this game. That's a game that we need to win if we're going to do anything in this conference. Like we need to beat the teams on the lower half, or we're going to struggle with everybody. And that's why I was amazed when we beat Charleston. I was like, oh my god, like how did. How does this even happen where we get smoked by UNC Wilmington and then beat well, Charleston? You know, the two, the best two games league. after us, they only put up 70 points. They lost to Townsend. They put up 71. Well, we, you know, we, we take great pride in making other teams look good. So This one, this game really hurt. I, I mean, I was watching it at home with my wife, and she was doing her <laughs> usual nodding off on the couch while I'm watching Drexel. And, then, and I'm starting to lose interest, too, because it's just getting it's just getting ridiculous. Yeah. And she was like, why are you, like, why do you watch this team? Like, what are you doing here? Like, uh, you know, we don't need uh, peanut gallery comments. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we've been watching this team. You don't even know the half of it. <laughs> yeah. We've been watching this team for 107? Whatever. Yeah. She doesn't even know me when we were good. <laughs> I was like, we were good, like in 2012 before I knew you. <laughs> we, we were. I, You're the reason. You should see you're me turning when we're around good. on her. Yeah. <laughs> but the, you know, I, I think uh, jumping just the Elon game briefly. Elon at least was uh, going into the game. I knew it was going to be a tough game. Yeah. And we lost by 15. Uh, 
and you know what? I it was similar to the William Mary game in the sense that I knew it was going to be a tougher opponent. The NCW game was just. I think the only thing that balances that out at this point, and we are one and four in the CAA, is the fact that we beat Charleston. If we hadn't beat Charleston, and lost to UNCW, uh, I feel like I'd be a lot more depressed uh, today. But the Elon game, we still don't. They have a good team. We, we still <laughs> we don't have anybody to answer like Sebring, Swoop. These guys, Swoop again is another example of another guard that just got by, got inside was, anytime he wanted, anytime yeah, he wanted, Swoop he was and able to Cohen, get. Cohen, they were doing their and yeah. Tally, they all did the same stuff yep. against us. We don't really have a good on the ball defender from like, even though we have a bunch of guys who are quick, yeah. none of them are particularly good at defense. Like Kurtz, I don't know why he's so bad at times. Like he just lets guys blow by him. Tremaine steals the ball. Once in a while, like, he, he'll poke the ball away and get on a fast break, but he's not, like, a lockdown defender either. Troy Harper, they all could be better. Like, I don't I don't really understand why we're letting these guys just blow by everyone, but that seems to be what's happening. Like, that guy's not even that quick. Like, Cohen looked pretty quick today, but... Swoop? I mean, Swoop's decently quick, but he's not, like, Chaz Williams or something. Like, well, we no, made like, him look like an all-star guard. In that I mean, he's a decent player, but, I mean, like, there's some guys who are just so quick that there's nothing you could do. Like, I remember Chaz Williams, we played him a couple years ago when he was on... He was on another level quick. He couldn't yeah. be stopped. Like, there, he was just clearly faster than anyone we had, and there's sometimes there's nothing you can do other than, you know, helping out. These guys, I mean, this guy wasn't so quick, like, uh, tonight or swoop in that game where you're like, okay, that guy's just so good and so fast that yeah. there's nothing you can do to stop him. We're just making them look better than they are. It was also the first game, I think, where Harper was back. Uh, Isabel didn't play this game, uh, just like the, of course, the UNCW game, but Harper was back for the first time. Overton was back, mm-hmm. and they both looked super rusty in at the Eli game. Like, it was a couple of air yeah. ball, three-point shots, and neither of them had great games. Uh, and uh, I, I Overton think- had 11 points. I was surprised. I think he. I think he had a side, decent second half. He went half. three for ten. I uh, think the first half he was rough, and then yeah. the second half he had a couple decent buckets. But oh, garbage time buckets. Yeah, uh, I think at that point, he, the game was pretty much over when he was doing most of his scoring, which is, I think, what happened sometimes last year too. Yeah, I remember uh, that from last year. But the, do you guys? No, Bill. Let me pose a question to you. Now, this team is the only other team that I think we played that's had a, another Lithuanian. Uh, I think his name is. Uh, I don't butcher it. Uh, I'm going to just go with his first name, Carolus. Uh, oh, yeah. Do you think Tadas is going to ever – he put up 11 points. Yeah, that guy doesn't – he averaged like the same amount as Tadas. I think that was like a – Do you think uh, Tadas will ever uh, put up uh, 11 points? In one game? <laughs> yeah. He'll average 11 points in his yes, uh, any year. way too hard. I, I'll, I'll go on record. I think Tadas is going to be good by the time he graduates here. He's going to be a good player. The kid's got and great And the definition touch. of good is 11 points? What are we defining good as? No, he'll, be, he'll, he'll, he'll score double, double figures for us. Uh, he'll average double I just figures. I just John point. Gruden of Drexel. No. If you look, <laughs> is John Gruden pretty optimistic? On, oh, yes, he is. <laughs> right? the guys. No, if you look at the kid, like sometimes you have players who come in and they can't do anything. He's 6'10". Yeah. Has good touch. He can already shoot three pointers. He passes the ball pretty well. And he's already he been wins. on his own reality TV show. Todd, yeah, <laughs> actually, I should watch that. But Wait, he, what? He rebounds the ball. I mean, I, I think he was on that like Finley Finley prep. Uh, you watched that on Flow no, Show? I can't. On, uh, oh, I can't. Flow Sports. I uh, oh, canceled right. my Flow Sports, oh, and I got my right. money back. Wow, Flow Sports. I sent them an email. I let them know of the this. confusion, and they refunded confusion? my money. <laughs> Hi, I made a user error. Please <laughs> refund me my money. Uh, it was a little bit of site design. Uh, it was 100% uh, user error. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of devious. I like lower it number. Of, it was a little devious on the site design. A little devious. Mm. And, full, full, full's the label. Credit the Flow Sports. They were very quick with the crew. So, unfortunately, <laughs> well, okay. I missed that. 
Oh, you man. should have tuned in. We could all use. Yeah, you could have been watching in, that uh, in high school. Well, if this season starts to go down the tubes, then you know I'll, I'll fire it back up <laughs> and I'll give updates. Starts to go talk down less the about tubes. The game. We're already halfway down. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, you know that I'm not quite ready to get negative. I'm not yet. I, there's some things I'm not happy with. That are t- if we would have beaten Wilmington to Bill's point, like Elon, at Elon, I don't expect to win. This game here, I'm okay with this loss. If it was just, I have a big time problem with it. And then we have one positive in the Charleston. So I, I, my jury's still yeah, out for me. I would say if the Charleston game I'm normally game didn't a exist, pessimistic guy. Yeah. If the Charleston game oh, was yeah. not a win, I would be a lot more down on this team. And I saw certain things in the Charleston game, which I think if you reproduce, we can at least beat some of these other teams that we're going to face off in the next four game trip. So the next four games. We have three away games, one home game. The only home game really is Hofstra. But the first game after this is against Delaware on Thursday. And, uh, you know, I think of the four, I don't want to be too cocky, but I think we have a shot in three of the games. Well, there's one thing that this team has shown us. We can lose any to anybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We I, can lose to anybody. I, I was saying before, like, we have enough firepower to beat anyone in this conference. We do. We have enough guys who can score in double figures at any time. Problems are defense, turnovers, and rebounding. If we don't do those things, and we're poor at those at times, like mm-hmm. some of the turnovers are just terrible. Offensive rebounds, we get up a ton of points off of those. We won't, we won't beat anyone. Like if even the worst team in this conference, which might be Wilmington, yeah, or JMU. It's probably JMU, but um, if you are turning the ball over like we have been and, and getting out rebounded, you're not just not going to win, no matter how many points you're putting up. I, I agree. So. Again, just putting putting I guess the bad loss against UNCW behind us, and and this for uh, I think some of the tougher matchups we had against uh, teams like Elon and William and Mary definitely uh, better teams in the league. We're gonna get a chance to face off against Delaware and Hofstra, which are probably middle of the pack teams. Townsend, which seems to have a really good run outside of the CA, but so far in the CA is not doing too great from what I uh, uh, from what I can remember. And James Madison, which. Right now, it might be a competition against us and James Madison if we don't turn things around for the bottom of the barrel over here. Well, I, I think I said before, I, I just don't want to be in the, the goal is no playing game. We get out of the playing game, that's a win for me. So right now, we're in the playing game. Yeah. Not going to happen. <laughs> now, Marshall seems the most negative. I want to hear more about why I'm usually the most negative. I think. Eh. Maybe Leon and I can go back and forth between being negative. Get, Bill, is yeah. always, Bill always thinks we have first Bill's team. Bill's definitely the most positive. People, I, I, there's not denying that. I don't think we have any this but, year. Uh, Marshall, let me expand upon your negativity. I, you have the floor. I just <laughs> don't see enough consistency to maintain the play that we saw against Charleston over more than three more games the rest of this calendar year. Um, I... I think we're going to it it would take let me phrase this this way it would take a lot of coaching development for these guys to turn it around quickly enough for us to win enough games not to be the play-in game uh on on uh that weekend in charleston i just we're one and three we're second to last place like you said just above james madison uncw will probably be a play-in game so Let's chalk in those two slated in for the play-in game. So then who else do we have to be better than? We'd have to be better than Delaware. I think we're about even with them, as painful as it is for me to say that right now. 
Hofstra. I think Hofstra is probably better than us. Uh, we're certainly not better than Charleston. Maybe if Towson's out of conference was really an illusion, maybe they drop, but right now they're ahead of us. Northeastern, Elon, and William and Mary are all three wins or better. I just don't see there being enough teams worse than us to not be in that play-in game. We're going to have to go on a pretty good run, I think. I mean, look at this stretch of games that we have here. Mm-hmm. I think we have to win like three out of four, which I think is probably unlikely. We're going one and four. I just think like we have to beat we have to beat teams that we can beat. Like we sh- we need to beat Delaware. We have to beat JMU. Uh, no, yeah, and, no, and I, we need to get uh, we need to get a better we need to win Hoster game. We have yeah, to. that's the thing. Like you have I mean, to, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. Like so, let's count. Let's say William Mary, Northeastern, Elon, Charleston. We're not going to go ahead of them, right? I mean, we beat Charleston, but they're out of it. Townsend probably too. Okay, because they obviously they did really good out of conference. So it comes down between Hofstra, Delaware, Drexel, UNC, William, James Madison. One of those five is not in the playing game. That should be our goal. Yeah, we got to get ahead of Delaware and Hofstra. And that's a lofty goal at, at this point, is what Marshall's saying. So Marshall, you're saying in the next four game stretch that we have against probably three of the teams uh, that we need to beat to be not in the playing game. You're, you're predicting one and four. Who's the one win? Uh, Delaware, just because I never predict us to lose to them. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It's a reasonable bet. Actually, uh, no, reasonable I'm, I'm going to rephrase that. I'm going to say 2-2 two yes. and two just mm-hmm. because James Madison, uh, I don't know much about them, but they're 0-4. We might play down to them. We might play up to them. Um, actually, no, no, I'm going to stick with my original thing. I think we're going to lose to them. I'm going to say 1-3. <laughs> okay. 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 We have to be JMU. I mean, uh, they, they lost – Everyone from last year, and they weren't very good. Like they have one transfer. I think we lost to JMU in the we lost playing the game last year, right? Yeah. We had nobody. Where we literally, oh, yeah. their coach gets booted. I yeah. remember this, and they were doing awful. Their coach gets booted, and then they freaking go on a tear, and we can never recover. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, that, that's what happened. <laughs> you know, yeah. here's one thing. Another point I want to make is we just got all these guys back. Now we beat LaSalle without any of these guys, right? Like. And we, against Temple, we were doing pretty well with that Harper and Overton. Mm-hmm. This team you know, makes zero say, sense. Houston? So, like... This team um, makes no sense. Houston that's, that's, is very that's good. That's the inconsistency I mean, the, in the contrarian that, viewpoint could say maybe just because you get more guys back doesn't necessarily mean you get better as a team. No. You, you don't always. Maybe you get worse. Nah. Well, you, you shouldn't need to, get worse. I think your team needs to... I think we, this is the first time we've had almost everybody back. We still don't have everybody back. For some reason, Tyshawn Miles is hurt now. Sam and Green. we have Sam Green still out. We still don't have everybody back. But the people that are back, they haven't played too many games together yet. And uh, it sucks that, that we're doing that now in the beginning of CAA play. But that, it could go two ways. They could learn how to play together and get better defensively, you know, uh, switch better on screens. And we can actually not get uh, owned on every, uh, as many points inside the paint. That could happen. But the other side is just as possible. And so far, we're, our performance has been so inconsistent. So is that, that a reason why to maybe not to hold off on the negativity right now because of that point exactly? Because we're just getting guys back. We don't have the cohesiveness yet. Uh, and you, know, you don't know how it's going to go. It could go negative. You know, another thing is, you know, like <laughs> – yeah, I mean, we were, I was seeing Demir and Lee get taken out. Like, we were doing some rotation here. I was wondering, why are we taking Demir out right now? He, he's like, I, there was a lot know, of questions. Sometimes maybe it's better to stick with the guy and let him keep playing. Now, I know we. I know yeah. you have a sub to put in. And yeah. maybe you want to check the box to put your sub in. 
but maybe don't do that. Maybe let the guy in. I mean, how else is Tadis going to average 11? <laughs> <laughs> but there was a lot of weird subs going on. There was the four guard rotation that we saw a little too much yeah, of today. With Tadis. With Tadis and it makes no sense. Like, and some of that, I'm hoping somebody, you know, our, our dear friends at Always a Dragon at, at the press box over there are like asking them some questions today. And I'd love to hear what the answers are on some of those decisions. But it, it did seem strange. And I know we don't have as much depth in big man with Tyshawn being out. Uh, and we don't want to probably put Jarvis in there for too much. And Tata's, all the Tata's seems to, again, get burned quite a bit and he's on out there. But so, uh, Bill, what, what do you think? Uh, next four game stretch. Are you are you being uh, John Gruden three and one? I'm two and two. John Gruden. This team, I, I can't figure out this team yet. Like, who knows? We might actually win against the toughest team in that four game. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me like if we beat Elon and Hofstra and lost the other two. I mean, he's Townsend. Yeah, this, or Townsend. Yeah. This, team, this team makes no yeah. sense. Like sometimes we come out and we just we play better than the other team that's yeah. better, that's better than us. It makes no sense. And then we come out and there's a terrible team and they crush us. I, I can't figure out if we could harness playing well the entire, yeah, like Marshall <laughs> said, though, you have to be consistent. If we're consistent, this team is not that bad. We've had much less oh, talented absolutely. teams than this. A They're, certain Jarrell Cole's Tremaine Hawthorne team. Comes oh, yeah. Mind. Like we, we had some teams who couldn't score anything. We've, we've got six or seven guys on this team who can – Legitimately scoring double figures at any night, like yeah. there's no. But we don't have anyone who can defend. Def- well, yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, but but again, that's good. Like, there's no reason. It's, it would be fine if William and Brady put up 100 points against our 85 today, but we we could only put up 63, and that that's the real. There's, there's a that's, that's the weird inconsistency thing. Uh, Nick, uh, what is, what's your prediction? You going I, two and two? Well, again, be, I, be I positive. Four <laughs> zero. Uh, <laughs> you know, because to be honest, this prediction, this prediction is crazy because I have no idea. I literally, it's like it's like Bitcoin stock. I literally have nothing. I, four and zero. Four and zero. All right. You know what? Considering we've got a one and three, a two and two, a four, and I'll go three and one. One of us has to win this, right? <laughs> Except for the, nobody's been zero and four. I guess that's the, that's going to be the big winner. That's true. I think there's been too much. There's a little too much negativity. I'm not ready. Trust me. When it gets negative, I'll be negative, and we're going to talk off topic. Who knows? It might be the next time we record. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm not ready to go there yet. Okay. Good for you. Good for you. Four and oh. That's a bold prediction. I like that kind of outside-the-box prediction by uh, by Nick over here. If we go 4-0 over the next four games, uh, I don't know. I'll do something for you the day I get back for that Elon <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Keep I was it, just gonna say something. But I gotta. I was just gonna say something. But I remember we gotta keep it. You know, that's a we gotta keep complaints it. about you talking about various subjects. I was, I was gonna ask if Marshall. Could the FCC have, has been alerted. I thought about Marshall's plug. What? <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't help himself. <laughs> All right, cut that out. Cut that out. <laughs> well, if you don't uh, cut man. it out, for the record, Marshall does not own a plug. <laughs> <laughs> the vo- the you've, just, that- you've just named the episode, Marshall. From listening to that voicemail message, I would think. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right. Is, so right. one thing I do want to mention before we start wrapping up over here is the next. Uh, I guess it's next Saturday, the home game against Hostra. Uh, we're trying to get a lot of people out here. Uh, I think there's a decent number of the people on the Slack channel that are going to be here. Uh, I had a couple of emails back and forth between Rob, myself, 
And the current DAC back administration, they seem to be going out. Uh, they're trying to hit up all the freshman drones, pass out tickets, stream strategies we've talked about, try to get, get as many people to come out of the game as well. I think the theme again this year is they're doing the blue owl, which, uh, you know, is a new thing. I think it used to be the blue and gold game, uh, before that, but they're trying to get as many people. It's the first home game after, uh, school returns and sessions. Again, if you want to buy tickets, uh, uh, on DrexelTickets.com, it's, I think, Blue and Gold Club, all one word. You get 10% off. So if you haven't bought your ticket yet, come on down uh, to the game. I know it's going to be tough, especially because uh, uh, <laughs> it ended up being at the same exact time as the playoff game uh, for the Eagles. So I think we might have lost some fans because of that. But th- that'll come up to the game. But Not me. But, uh, yeah, so if you, if you guys can make it to the game, that'd be great. We're trying to get as many people in the DAC and pack it OG style over here. Uh, I think the only other thing I had on my list of here, I wanted to thank the Drexel Athletics Department, Jill and Sean, especially for allowing us to record again. Uh, Thanks, Jill and Sean. At the Blue and Gold Club over here, uh, a room over here and. Yeah, I just had. I just had one other thing. I know uh, Nick and I were going to have our conversation about Drexel women's basketball and their game earlier today. Um, but I guess if we don't have time, I'll let Nick off the hook. But I, I do want to give uh, Denise Dillon a shout out. Uh, 265 career wins uh, became the most all time at nice. Drexel, which is phenomenal. Um, they're having, despite, despite a loss today, uh, having a really good season. Um, they had a letdown at JMU today, but uh, three and one so far in conference. So, uh, good things happening on the women's side of the ball. They're always good. I'm amazed someone hasn't plucked her up yet. Like, yeah. And I, I think we, considering how the season goes, we're going to have to sub in more of the women's basketball conversation because, uh, not only are they having a decent year and they tend to be outperform our men's team, at least in the last decade. Uh, and I think the CAA tournament, I think this year for the women's is being held. At the DAC, so yeah, they, more reason to get hyped about the Drexel women's. Have to go to that one. Not only are they not trying to play in the uh, play-in game, they're actually gunning for the number one seed, uh, which would be awesome to host it. And then uh, while while we're pushing the men's game on the 13th, um, homecoming comes up a couple weeks after that. And I know we'll obviously try and get people out for the men's games there too, but uh, it would be great to have the uh, support when people are on campus anyway for that for them to come out for the women's games. So little. Pre uh, a couple weeks ahead of time uh, promotion for that. 